This is the second part of the interview with Ronan Connolly. And this is the one where he asks me some questions about, because he's researching a book. Yeah. And so we're just, Ronan, we're going to go straight in there. Ask, okay. me, ask me your questions. Okay. So, well, well the first thing is, um, do, you, uh, do you see any differences between the left wing and the right wing on how climate change, on climate change and how it's perceived? Yeah. It, it's not just a, an opinion thing. This is a, this is a fact that 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 in in recent surveys it, it it's been shown that that people the conservatives are generally much more skeptical about yeah. climate change than the liberal left. Yeah, and I think this used not to be the case either. I think yeah. there was much less of a divide in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, but it it's it this supports my contention. I know you're going to ask me about this later yeah. on. That this is essentially a political issue, not a scientific one. Okay. Okay. And uh, on on this, um, do you uh, what what? Okay, I I hear from people on the left wing. By the way, I'm on the left. Yeah, yeah. Um, this it's is a, it, 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 uh, Can I just say? Doesn't it show how tolerant I am? That <laughs> yeah. I, am, I, I it, here am I welcoming you to my to my home and an evil left wing giving you tea. Even, yes, giving you actual. Proper tea made with leaves, because yes. I know you're Irish yeah, and Irish yeah. like good tea. Yes, yes. Sorry, no, yeah. and I, it's a lovely tea, by the way. You've <laughs> done you. a good job. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I, I, um, one of the, the things that I find is uh, that like on each side seems to think that the other side is evil. Yeah, bad faith, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, can you tell me about, say, I know you're just speaking on behalf of yourself. Yes. But broadly speaking, on the right wing, what what is environmentalism? And do you are you an environmentalist? Would yes, you, yeah. definitely. Okay. I would say I'm probably... This is going to really piss them off, but I think it's actually true. Yeah. I think I'm probably more of an environmentalist than a lot of the people who attack me as being a kind of big oil-funded, fossil fuel-advancing, uh, evil yeah. person. Okay. I love nature. I grew up in a family where we really enjoyed going out outdoors, doing stuff, yeah. traveling around the world. My father was a herpetologist okay. and, and a guppy breeder. Okay. So, so we had a, we had a, a fish house where, where he used to, the, the great thing about, this is a, sorry, a, a, a digression, but yeah. one of the great things about breeding guppies is yeah. that you can, you can uh, isolate mutant strains and very quickly create these new strains of guppies. And my father himself created yeah. new strains of guppies. Um, interested in genetics in a kind of experimental family yeah. way um interested in i love being outdoors yeah. i love i love wild swimming i love walking yeah. I, I love identifying trees and yeah. so on so i am an environmentalist i am very skeptical of the modern environmental movement right. which i uh, as i've said before i think is political rather than uh, concerned with conserving nature conserving the environment yeah um I believe in empiricism. Right. So I believe that you should address your environmental concerns with, with, to areas where it really matters, where there really are problems. Right. For example, the depletion of the water table. Yeah. The, the farmers drilling boreholes and draining yeah. the water table. That seems to me a, a, a problem that I think that... I hate using the word sustainably, yeah. but I do believe that farmers should farm sustainably according to the environment in which they operate. Yes. So, for example, I know that... Um, uh, Israeli farmers are very good at this for example yeah. using kind of micro amounts of water which are directed 
to the root of the plant rather than kind of spreading it over the whole yes. area. That sort of thing. Yes. That's really good. I worry about fish stocks. Yes. I worry about, for example, and this is a classic example of where I think the left's gone wrong. Yeah. I worry about virgin rainforest yes. being chopped down to make palm oil plantations yes. to grow biofuels. Yes. What, what is that about? Or, yes. And I also object to wind turbines, which slice and dice avian fauna, birds, yeah. birds and bats. Yeah. If you care about the environment, why are you putting up these bat jumping, bird slicing, eco yeah. crucifixes? Yes. So, yeah, okay. So, what you're describing is um, there's within the literature, there is the scientific literature looking at environmentalism and environmental policies there's a growing recognition that there is we should distinguish between what's called local pollution and global pollution so uh local pollution and local environmental issues is pretty much everything that you've described and um and then global uh, pollution seems to be these more abstract concepts such as uh, tackling climate change. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, that, that, this is broadly what I've been finding that the, the people, the, the more right wing people, pay more focus on what would be the local uh, pollution issues. Yeah, I bet you haven't come across any right wing person who doesn't give a stuff about nature, have you? Not yet. No. 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 But it's I, funny I, that. I'm keeping. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I still hope. You know, I hope to find one of these. Uh, there's evil, Unicorns. Do, evil doctor, uh, you know, Doctor Evil style uh, characters that is is uh, uh, eating coal for breakfast yeah. or something like that. But no, not yet. Um, the well, okay. So shifting to these global uh, pollution issues and yeah. climate, what what uh, climate change in particular, which is the main one. Mm. Um, I, what do you think the right-wing views are on the proposed uh, climate, uh, let's say carbon mitigation or climate mitigation policies? Yeah, I think the right-wing position, insofar as I'm a sort of representative of it, is is more complex than is generally acknowledged by, by our critics, which is to say, number one, we are skeptical about anthropogenic global warming theory. Right. We believe very much that the case is not proven. Yeah. Uh, Secondly, we question whether the, well, more than question, I think, whether the methods being used currently to address a problem which we consider moot are not doing more harm than good, which I believe they are. Yeah. Um, You've then got the geopolitical issues of countries like China yeah. and India, which are going full out for industrial production and really don't give a toss, whatever. They may pay lip service to, yeah. when they come to international meetings because yeah. obviously it's very much in the Chinese interest if, yeah. if the, the West hamstrings itself, yeah. hamstrings its economies to yeah. the benefit of China's. So, um, and finally, I'm not even sure that it is possible for, given given the, the drastic take changes that have taken place in, in climate naturally yeah. in the four and a half billion years that the world has existed. Yeah. I would question whether um, bombing your, your your industrial economy to the dark ages yeah. is going to make actually any difference anyway. Okay, okay. So uh, let's see, moving on. Um, okay, 
uh, I, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about media. So in terms of right wing and left wing, yeah. do you think that uh, the, let's say, we'll call it the, the mainstream media is a term I hear a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MSM for yeah, yeah. short. Sure. Uh, the legacy media. As, okay, as, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so do you believe that the mainstream media gives a, a, a fair hearing to uh, right-wing perspectives. Uh, Renan, this is... You've just pinpointed the issue which got me into this in the first place, okay. which is to say, you know, I'm a journalist, and I'm in... Tr- it, it's a trade, yeah. and you look around for good stories, yeah. and you try and report them honestly and well. Yeah. Um, and here is a story that is being reported neither honestly nor well. Okay. It's, it's such... It's it's very rare for journalists to come come upon such low hanging fruit. I mean, it's almost a dream scenario where there's a story where the facts are totally on your side, yeah, and yet hardly anyone's covering it or printing it, right? And and you'd think, well, why isn't everyone else jumping on this story? Because it's a really good one, yeah. And I think I've I've rarely felt so ashamed of the fourth estate as I right. have on this issue. They've just failed. This is climate change. Climate change. Yeah. Environmental correspondents haven't done their job. They haven't asked the right questions. They've yeah. been they just transcribe press releases from Greenpeace and the WWF yeah. it seems to me. So no, the ma- mainstream media hasn't done its job. And even you know I know you're going to ask me about climate climate gate later on. Yeah. Climategate would not would almost not have been reported in the Telegraph at all. The Telegraph, being a conservative newspaper or yeah. a former conservative newspaper, had it not had a brief period where it ran these blogs yeah. where they had a variety of voices, including some right wing ones, yeah. and where I I sort of helped break this story. But the Telegraph main print newspaper was very reluctant to. to yeah. It should have been on the front page, and it should have been. Pages four, four, five, six, seven, eleven. Yeah, for for, for weeks because it's such yeah. a good story. Yeah, it wasn't. It was virtually ignored. Yes, yes. Well, I I I I want to talk about that later on. You okay. know, I am yeah. um, so. But I yeah. Here here's the thing. Are you are you familiar with? Uh, so John Stuart Mill's. Um, he wrote a on liberty was a book in the, the uh, mid nineteenth century that he wrote. Yeah, and he was looking at um, different debates that were there. I think it was specifically he was looking at religious uh, religion, yeah. uh, where atheists and religious people were not allowed to. Uh, were at loggerheads with each other. Yeah. And so he was arguing that, what, regardless of the thing, he said, if you only know your side of the argument, yeah. then you don't even know that. Mm. And then the next part that he added on, which I think is important as well, is if you want to understand the other side of the argument, yeah. then it's not sufficient to find out from somebody who, who uh, believes... This, who agrees with you, someone on your side, yeah. you need to find out of somebody that genuinely believes it on the other side. And mm. so even, uh, he argued that even if ultimately you end up being happy with your original position, you mm. will have a lot more stronger through having engaged in respectful dialogue with, with the uh, opposing side. So this is why me as a, uh, as a, a left-wing uh, environmentalist, I'm trying to get different perspectives sure. on both sides. And um, so, what do you do? You, what do you, are your um, what What's your What do you think of this approach? And do you do you 
take what do you think of it first of all yeah well because because i'm a i'm a journalist and uh because it's so much fun yeah um uh exposing the stupidity of the other side's arguments that i do spend quite a lot of time reading i suppose the more extreme um representatives of the climate alarmist community um Who's that funny chap who used to write for The Guardian? I don't know whether he still does. Um, I think... Uh, I've, forgotten, I've forgotten their names. George Mambias? No, no, no. Oh, George. Well, the, obviously, I, I love reading George, George's yeah. pieces. I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of moved on from climate change. He's, he's now on Rewilding. That's his, that's yeah. his particular baby. Yes. Um, but um, not Lewandowski. Who's the, who's the really um, crazy guy who writes oh, for Oh, Dan Nutticelli. Yeah, yes. Dan Nutticelli. Yeah. So... so Yes, I'm fairly familiar yeah. with what the other side says because I kind of have to be in order to ridicule them effectively. And it and you you almost don't need to to, to editorialize. You just say, well, this is what they're saying. Um, I don't think that there has been any dramatic evidence in the last ten years that really supports anthropogenic global warming theory which is to say i don't think there's any there's any evidence that has emerged that recent climate change is a primarily primarily anthropogenic yeah b unprecedented or c catastrophic In, uh, on the contrary it seems to me that 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 the longer we go on yeah. the more it seems that there is a massive divergence between what the computer models are predicting yeah. and what what climate is observed climate is actually doing well uh maybe we can touch on this at another sure. thing because this is like um what i'm finding is that um actually look i'll just say a little bit about yeah. this um um from my research it seems that on climate change mm. um while it might be a surprise to a lot of people on one side uh the the ones the Climate change almost it works out at about eighty five to ninety percent of the general public agree that climate changes yeah. and that it is probably a little bit warmer now than the end of the 19, end of the nineteenth century yeah um, and uh, there is a small percentage of the public that disagree with that that seems to be more right wing. Um, almost Fine. very little of it is on the left wing. And so this is where the term climate change denial seems to be, if, if like, if I'm to give it a, a, it seems to be, there seems to be a genuine uh, percentage. And this is described as being a right wing phenomenon. Now, I, like, I, when I look in detail at the questions that are being asked, they're often quite poorly framed. Um, not necessarily the ones that I would do, you know. So, like, if you say asked, has, it, has is it warmer now, or is is there global warming now? And then you have a question like the hiatus, and uh, technically, um, depending on how you do your analysis, you could say that there hasn't been since the end of the twentieth century. So people yes, that are familiar the, with this... Because it's interesting, when you were asking me to fill out the questionnaire yeah. at the beginning about what I thought about climate change, I really had to think about it because 
I think like a lot of people who looked into it, I, yeah. I, I accept that since we emerged from the Little Ice Age in about yeah. 1880, yeah. the temperatures have increased by less than one degree Celsius. Yeah. Um, and there have been ups and downs. I mean, it was probably the, 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 the greatest um, heat waves in the... Uh, uh, in America, certainly in the, in the 20th century, were in the 1940s, I think. Yeah, it depends on how you do your analysis. Yeah, so, yeah there was a the Dust Bowl era. It was yeah. a period then. Yeah. So, but but so yeah, I think it all depends on how you ask ask the questions. Do, do I believe in climate change? Well, most assuredly, I do. But it's a bit like it's a bit like conflating Europe. Yeah. With the European Union, yeah, a lot of people, and 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 this is it, it's another way where um, the lexicon has been corrupted slightly yeah. for political reasons. I think where people often deliberately allied Europe, the the, the collection of wonderful countries that want with, with their own separate countries that want yeah. to, with with Europe, the political entity is the European Union, right? And I think it's the same with climate change. When somebody says you're a climate change denier. Um, do they mean, are you actually denying that climate changes, which I think really passing few people do, or are you denying that uh, man-made climate change is a serious problem, which I think is something yeah. different? Yeah, so well, then I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. So what I'm finding is that there is actually, to use, so the, the UN uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, this yeah. is the IPCC reports. Yeah. So this is um, what a lot of people refer to when they're talking about yeah. uh, their sci general scientific opinion on climate change. They often cite, refer to this. Yeah. And uh, so they... They use the terminology detection and attribution of climate change. So they say that there are two separate problems to be addressed. So the first is detection. Mm. Is there evidence of that the climate is changing? Mm. And then the second one is uh, how much of this is human-caused versus natural? Yeah, yeah. And what I'm finding from my research, and this is why I'm looking at this book, trying to understand why the left and right have different opinions yeah. on climate change, is that, uh, yes, there's a slight... Um, there's, there is, you could say, a left-right divide on uh, the detection part because uh, of the small minority of the public... That um, that that say that disagree on that, yeah. uh, they're mostly right wing. Yeah. But the more interesting for me, and it has more policy implications, is the attribution. Yeah. So, are, are you know how much is human cost and how much is natural? And what I'm what the data seems to be showing is that the further to the left you are the more likely you are to believe that most of the recent climate change is human-caused, mm. um, specifically uh, related to our carbon dioxide emissions. Yeah. And the more to the right you are, the more likely you are to believe that it's uh, mostly natural, or entirely yeah, yeah. natural. Maybe solar uh, variability, changes in ocean circulations, or various things like this. And the, uh, uh, interestingly... Um, among the general public, the most common answer to this question, this is, I'm talking of statistics here from, I've looked at uh, data from the US, uh, UK, France, Germany, Norway, Australia. I have a load of different uh, mm -hmm. survey results that I'm looking at and they all are showing the same thing. The most common answer uh, by number is, 
how much is human caused is and is a human caused or natural and the most common answer is probably a bit of both which yeah. makes sense and then but as you uh the general public broadly speaking is about one third left wing one third right wing mm. and the rest is somewhere in the middle are i couldn't be bothered yeah, uh, yeah you know they're they're all the same the left and right i i just want to stick to my own stuff so they're kind of like either centrist or um apolitical to use a term yeah and so um yeah, there seems to be this uh, interesting correlations between um, the question on how much is climate change is human cause versus natural. It seems to be closely correlated with where you fall on the left-right centre. Sure. And this is the general public. So this is these are people that they have very strong opinions on this. And they, in some cases, they've looked it up quite a bit, yet they're finding that, uh, you know, they're not using, uh, you know, scientific training because, like, I, this, this is a shock for um, scientists. For you like, as a scientist, my, yes, yeah. most, uh, you know, and, and, and most of my fellow scientists, when they start, they think, oh, here's a, here's a paper I've done, here's this graph, so they can, yeah. like, you show it, you show it to people, and they're like. Okay, whatever. I'll, yeah, you, I, do you know what? I, I, I rather think that way about the scientists. I, I, I love you, some of you. Yeah. But at the same time, I think you think it's your baby. Yeah. And it's really not. Yeah. You, you're, you're actually quite marginal to this, really, when it comes down to it. Yeah. Because yeah. it is ultimately about politics. Because it's about policy. Yeah. So, but, but this, what it should nominally be a scientific issue, yeah. the attribution of recent climate change to, to various factors, yeah. that should be a, an issue that's scientific. Uh, you know, it's a, it can be addressed by science. Um, and what, there is interesting work from uh, Professor Dan Kahan in Yale University. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Um, but he, what he's been finding is that when you actually, uh, you know, he's looking at the U.S. specifically, which is particularly partisan, I think partly because they have a two-party system. Yeah. You have the Democrats are more left-wing and the Republicans are more right-wing. Yeah. And they, um, they seem to be uh, very polarized uh, on this and on climate change in particular is one of these party issues. It seems that uh, to me as an outsider, I, the impression that I get is uh, when you decide you're a Republican, or you decide you're a Democrat, I, I think they will send out in the, uh, in the post a, a, a checklist of, here's what you believe on abortion, gun control, yeah, yeah. and nationalization, you know, and, and climate change. And, and so you end up saying, this is it. Now, so what, what, what uh, uh, Dan was finding was that um, he noticed this left-right divide, but he was wondering, like, why... Like, this is me paraphrasing his scientific papers and what he's found. Mm. Uh, but broadly, it, it seems that, like, his... The thought that was... Uh, the prevailing theory before he started looking at this was it's... Um, the There is an information deficit model 
is the, the technical term that's been used. So this is bearing in mind that most academia is left wing. So the people who were looking at this problem, yeah, yeah. they were looking at from the perspective of not trying to recognize that there might be biases on both sides, but trying to figure out what the biases are on the other side. Yeah, all fucking what, Ronan? I mean, yeah. you, you, this is... Uh, 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 they, they knew what their conclusions were going to be before they, they began their research, which is that right-wing people are stupid. Are you, and they're anti-science. Yeah. I mean, every left-wing person knows this, of yeah, course. And, of yeah. course, this is reinforced by a left-wing academic culture yeah. where they, they, they hardly ever meet any right-wing people. And it, yeah. any right-wing people who do get into... You know, look at Willie Soon. Yeah. Look at what happened to him. Yeah. The way he's been isolated, marginalized by yeah. his because his research doesn't fit the left wing narrative. No, no, this is it. And I, I, I like I've written a couple of papers with him. I'm collaborating with him on a few things. I, I'll tell you, he's, he's, he's not. I, well, I, I, I won't say on it, but you know, he'd be a bit more apolitical rather okay, than you, Okay, yeah. But, but no, no, personally, you know, yeah. he, he, he's, he's kind of falling into the whatever yeah. camp. Uh, he's, he, he wouldn't be far left at all, for sure. But I don't think he's, I, he's more interested in the science. Yeah. And, but yes, he ends up, because his results fit with the right-wing narrative yeah. and are alien to the left-wing narrative, he ends up getting more uh, interest on the, the, the right wing and uh, less on the left wing. And yeah. I, he, he should be looking at what, what the science says. Well, here's what Dan uh, Kahan was finding is that he, he looked... Uh, so the, the prevailing theory had been um, that, yes, the what is missing from the right wing perspective is that they don't have the same amount of information yeah, yeah, as right. those on the left wing. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Dan said, well, this is I can test this. So he came up with a series of uh, MCQ short questions to try and identify how much people knew about climate change. And yeah. then he was able to uh, analyze our, you know, their, their political views, where they left or right. And then also, is global warming mostly human caused or mostly natural? Mm -hmm. Which was the same question that had been asked. And what he found was, if you're on the left wing, uh, or in, this is in the US, so if you're a Democrat or left-leaning, then the more you know about climate science, the more convinced you are that global warming is mostly human cost, which fitted in with the information deficit model. It said, oh, the more people read up on it, the mm. more convinced they are because they see where the science is going. Except that if you were on the right wing, mm. if you were a Republican or you're conservative or right-leaning, then the, the better you scored on the test, the more you know about climate change, the more convinced you were that it was mostly natural. And so you actually become more partisan the more that you read up on it. Um, so what to me, what that's saying now, he's talking of the general public. We're not talking of, uh, of the scientific community. And this is something that, I, you know, is a, a tricky bit because there's very little data on how the scientific community diverges on, on the uh, whether they follow the same thing. But it's a very clear trajectory between the two things of, uh, you know, the graphs show very clear. You get almost 90 percent 
of uh, of the top scoring uh, left wing people are saying that uh, clim- our recent global warming is mostly human caused, and almost ninety percent of those top scorers on the with the same level of knowledge. Mm, I just yeah. want to stress this: these scored the exact same on the test. They are equally informed on climate change, and they ninety percent of the conservatives believe that global warming is mostly natural. Mm-hmm. So to me, that is indicating that the science, let's just stick for the, to be less controversial and just look at the 99% of the population that are not looking, that are not scientifically trained. We're talking of the vast majority of the public. And so for, for convenience, let's ignore whether this applies to the scientific community. But, you know, I... I, we just talk of the general public. Yeah, they will then. Um, that's saying that from reading up on climate change, mm. if you are left wing or right wing, you will be able to find enough compelling scientific evidence to become more convinced on whatever the party line happens to be right. on this consciously or unconsciously mm-hmm. so this seems to indicate well first of all that the actual evidence is not as compelling one way or the other uh, for mm-hmm. the certainly for the general public it's that there is arguments on both sides that you can get to support your case so confirmation bias seems to be playing a right. role and people are able to discard the one that's our uh, the degrees which you can here's seems to be what's happening um people are able to if if an article that they find uh, or an analysis they find or somebody talking about it agrees with what they taught all along then they they just say i knew it and they don't seem to give as much we don't seem to give as much scrutiny to it um but then if it disagrees with us we are we go and we try and pick holes we try and find is there any way this this can't be right what's wrong with it what's wrong with the people that did this analysis maybe there's some vested interest maybe they're ideological and they you you find some reason to discard the inconvenient uh truths that you're finding to use a term that al gore made quite popular um you know to you know so it, this applies seems to apply on both sides Yep. So, uh, and for me, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to address with this with book that I'm researching. How can we, uh, why has this become a left-right issue, what should be a scientific topic, and, and can we do anything about it? So let me get back to my yeah, questions, yeah. because yeah. I think we've switched uh, roles. Mm. And I, yeah, I, so <laughs> yeah you, you question me, go on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, yeah, getting back to John Stuart Mill's thing. So if you only know your side of the argument... Uh, you you know, and that you need to seek out uh, other people uh, from the opposing side. Do you um, do you actually find the do you on the say with left wing uh, perspectives? Do you try to take that, or do you see any point with with people that disagree with you politically? Um, how do I how do I answer this one? Um. I come from the position that if you are going to divert scarce resources, mm. 
particularly taxpayers' money, yeah, to endeavours which are going to have a dramatic effect on people's lives, yeah, which are going to hamper economic growth, yeah, which are going to distort industry away from free markets and entrepreneurialism towards crony crack capitalism, yeah, to awarding rewarding bad actors essentially yeah. people who are who are this is, this is classic rent seeking this is this is the opposite of of the kind of thing that adam smith was was right. advocating in the wealth of nations um you better be damn sure that there is good reason for doing this yeah so i think the onus is on the other side to demonstrate their case much more convincingly than they have right so i don't think it really matters what i think about um the, the science of the of, of these what I would consider the scientists on the left yeah all I care about is that, that they can demonstrate their argument convincingly enough to justify you know, to we need a cost-benefit analysis basically yeah. of, of climate policy yeah and we have not had this yeah. for a very long time yeah I it's it's interesting that you say that I was, um that like actually does he um, professor in Harvard I think it's a Kassostein, and he is arguing that there should be a cost-benefit analysis on uh, on all of these all policy issues but strangely he uh, is saying there should be one no he's saying so that we can get uh, more uh, you know but he's assuming that climate change is is one of the uh, climate action is one of the things that well i i i you know i i he doesn't seem to uh, want to do cost-benefit analysis on 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 climate yeah, change. Yeah, funny that, isn't it? Also, the other the other thing that distorts the issue is is that the left has has created this voodoo economics. Yeah. Where it's created, it's invented these externalities. Yeah. Which 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 are which are sort of not measurable. They're just kind of estimated. Yeah. Which muddies the waters considerably, and you see this particularly, for example, in all this all this. Um, Every other day in the Guardian, you read about how how the cost of, of solar energy and 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 wind wind energy yeah. has come down so much it can compete on equal terms with with fossil fuels. Right. But they only reach this calculation by ignoring certain factors, like like for example, the the cost of of keeping conventional power stations on spinning reserve, right. uh, on standby. Um, the the, the 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 cost of of the rare earth minerals used yeah. to to create and so, and so on and so forth so i i wouldn't even trust them to get the economics right anyway if they were to do a cost benefit analysis right. it's, it's the whole business is corrupt i'm I, it's fascinating talking to you as as a man of the left, yeah. and 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 you think that this is a, a a kind of a neutral issue that if only we can discuss it more, we can find the the, the truth. I think the truth is all is all on the right wing side of the argument. Well, of course you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you're on the right yeah, wing. Yeah, sure. If if you disagreed, then presumably you'd be on the left wing. You'd probably be rewriting for the Guardian. I'd I'd, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd shoot myself. <laughs> okay, so look, um, no, what I'm finding is there does seem to be. Like, I want to just, on, like, Castellestein's stuff, he's actually done a lot of very interesting analysis. I, he's, I'd be interested Yeah, he's to, one of the Obama administration's thinkers. I mean, yes. Fact, you know, he's, he's not exactly a neutral party. He's, 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 yeah, he's gone. He's, he, he's bent. Well, well, that's intellectually bent. That 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 would be what you would think because you're, you know, you're completely opposed to that. But, no, I'm, like, I'm kind of... 
For me, I can see that there seems to be a bit of a blind spot that I'm kind of intrigued by. And I that's part of what I'm finding is that like, um, okay, let me put it to you this way. Yeah. Um, are you uh, left or right-handed? Um, right-handed. Okay. Do you use your left hand? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I there was a period. I'm not sure if I still do it now, where I use my, the, the my mouse with my left hand in order to stop the kind of imbalance, which is giving me back trouble. Okay, okay. I didn't know, that, but then so. But the point is, we we can have our own leanings on on say on politics. You know, just to use the left yeah. and the right as the analogy, um, like. Uh, the the problem comes when we only rely on one side because they're on. It's very difficult to find what the left is and the right is. I know this is uh, one of the issues that I try to to describe and to to grapple in the book. Yeah. Um. Because, um. Yeah. There. Everyone. A lot of people have different definitions. One thing that I find is a common is that people that are on the right wing know that they're on the right wing, and people that are on the left wing know that they're on the left wing. Yeah. But they, when they try to describe it, it gets difficult. Um. But there are a lot of issues. There's always somewhere in between. And what I'm finding is that on the on on a lot of the. Uh, we should be trying to this was why i think john stewart mills was right uh was correct when he said you need to seek both sides even if your side happens to be right at the end uh to be the one that you believe was correct you don't really understand what your side is unless you see the opposing things so it's only by having a, a dialogue with between different opposing views that you can actually identify um, something that's more meaningful and practical. Let me go on to here on to conspiracy theories. So yeah. this is an issue. I am I'm, I'm finding that on both on the left and the right, mm-hmm. and both on the uh, global warming is mostly man-made versus global warming is mostly natural. Mm. Uh, you often find invoked uh, explanations as to why the other side is thinks what it is, and they, uh, they there seems to be broadly four main conspiracy theories that are invoked, and so I just I I have this on a diagram, but like um, I have here four quadrants. So on the top. Uh, well, top left, for mm-hmm. want of a word. In red, I see. Yes, yes. is um, mostly human-caused, and it's a vested interests term. And so this is the big oil uh, conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that says that the fossil fuel industry is paying for the climate denial to suppress yeah. the renewables industry. So um, there was a guy, uh, Ross Gelbspan, who mm-hmm. used to, I think he still writes for the Boston Globe, but uh, he he wrote on this in the late late 90s. And also Kurt Davies for Greenpeace, who's, they, they set up this thing called Exxon Secrets. And they yeah, yeah, and, and Exxon knew the, the whole thing. 
Yes, so yeah. that that's from Greenpeace as well. And yeah. so then we have, but I've also find a similar one that's on the the right for the mostly natural that's also vested interest, which mm. is, um, I've seen different terms for one of the terms that's popular is the green blob. And this is art is also the climate industrial complex yeah. is another term that's been used. And so it's saying that there's a, a conglomerate of the renewables industry, that is uh, lobbying for favorable subsidies and mandates and regulations, scientists looking for grants and the media looking for scare stories. And that these are all working together to keep this uh, sure. in the, in the public domain. Then at the, then there's another one, which seems to be uh, another two. So those are specific vested interests mm -hmm. that are supposedly conspiring together. And then we have ideological. Um, and so we have, again, on the mostly human cause, the most popular, it seems to be, the merchants of doubt theory. Now, mm -hmm. this was um, uh, Professor Naomi Oreskes and Eric uh, Conway. So they published a book in 2010. I, I find it quite a, a fascinating um, narrative, uh, personally, but it seems to be quite popular. It's that there's, it seems to be four prominent conservative physicists in the US, mm. um, three of them who passed away in the 90s and early 2000s. So this is uh, Frederick Seitz, Bill Nuremberg, and um, Robert Jastrow. And uh, now Fred Singer, Fred Singer yeah. who is uh, in his 90s at the moment. But the, mm. they, they apparently opposed climate action for ideological reasons. And because they were so influential, they have they are responsible for most of the climate denial, mm. and then opposing it, there is one, and you you've coined an interesting term. So this is for the bottom right corner for ideological for mostly natural. Mm -hmm. uh, so the I, I the term is watermelons. So tell me a bit about I I like the name. Well, yeah. What does it mean? Water, watermelons green on the outside. Red on the inside. I mean, I, the, the term was floating around the ether. I, I just just popularized it, I suppose, yeah. or, or lifted it as a book, book title. Yeah. Um, it's essentially almost what we've been talking about this whole conversation, right. which is that I think that the, and there's evidence, evidence to support this as well, that the, the whole climate change scare... Yeah is essentially a political phenomenon, not a scientific one. Yeah. Or I'd, I'd rather call it a sort of politico-religious phenomenon, because, okay. I, because I think it's not just about the left-wing assault on Western industrial civilization, although I think that's very much part of it. Yeah. I think it's also, if you remove uh, traditional religion from people's lives, the, the decline of, of Christianity yeah. in the West... People, nevertheless, still have that yearning yeah. for the numinous, for for extracting some deeper meaning beyond their ordinary working right. lives, and that somehow the green religion has taken over from the old Christian faith. Okay, um, and, and and you see lots of examples of this. For, for example. Um, buying indulgences like they used to do in the medieval church. You can now right. buy carbon credits to to, okay. to make up for your flight, and. The daily ritual of recycling, which has been, which I think is is largely 
largely unnecessary. It's not that I, I don't think that recycling has a place. I think yeah. it does. But I think that the fact that we're all forced to separate all our rubbish individually and waste... I mean, I don't know how gazillions of, of man hours doing this when it could be done by a machine. Right. I think is is another example of we we want that hair shirt thing. Okay. Um so yeah, obviously I would not consider those the, the ones on the green side of the argument. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. So on, the on, on most the, the climate change is mostly natural. Yes. Yes. The, yes. The, the, um the explanations for why the other side you've, d- you've done them in red and green and I, I i see red and green of course i suppose it should be blue shouldn't it really for, for my side of the argument um but anyway yes unless you're in the US. i don't i don't call them conspiracy theories and actually the vested interest one i particularly think is is silly the idea that that big oil is funding climate denial when anyone anyone who's spent even five minutes being a climate skeptic knows that big oil is absolutely absolutely fucking useless yeah. at supporting the cause supporting the kind of people who are its natural allies yeah we believe in fossil fuels as 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 the, the cheap abundant form of energy that yeah. that is most effective and do we get any support from big oil no it wasn't shell did not support the environment it did not support the james dellingpole skeptical blog on the telegraph right. it supported it supported the environmental pages on the Guardian. Okay. The big oil is always trying to get in, in into bed with the greenies. Uh, it's called greenwashing. It's also ideological. You look at um, what, what is it? Van Buren, the guy who's is he? Uh, he's either CEO of Shell or BP. Um, yeah. I think I think it's, it's Shell. Uh, he he's he, he buys into the idea that there are these things called stranded assets. That that that, that somehow oil is is a a busted flush. Right. And, that, and that renewables are going to take over. So even big oil has bought into this nonsense. Okay. Well, okay. So let's let's look at the the specifics of the term conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um. It, it's a it's become a very loaded term. Um. And a. The the problem the problem occurs is okay. So clearly people conspire. You do get people that are conspiring to try and people mm. there is on on any issue there are going to be people with agendas, and so what I what I find is that cons- that conspiracy theorist the term seems to be applied to people that are saying that these people that have agendas that prom- are that they it seems to be that they are successful and that they are conspiring with each other and that there is a typically that it's secret and so this is the do you do you think that that applies to no i i reject your use of the term conspiracy theories and when i was writing watermelons i very deliberately avoided it because i don't think there is a conspiracy as such i think it's a concatenation of mutual interests right so for example if you are a second rate businessman a second rate entrepreneur yeah um you would not be doing you're not going to enter a field which which exposes you to the risk of the markets of trying to genuinely find out what it is the consumer wants and providing it to the consumer at lower level lower prices than anybody else and better quality that that is that is 
how markets should work. Yeah. Giving people what, what they want at the best yes. possible price, best possible quality. The second rate kind of entrepreneur yeah. will go into a field where the market is rigged right. and will not try and compete on the open market, but yeah. will, will, will try and gain favors from government and try and arrange for legislation yeah. to support. The, I mean, why are so many dodgy businessmen and entrepreneurs going into renewables, for example? Right. It's because the state in many countries has rigged the system whereby you can make... Um, possibly 9% a year, which you could never make yeah. on the on the stock markets. This right. is a corrupt, it's wrong. Yeah. Um, where was I? Um, so the... That's just one example anyway. Yeah, okay, so that, so you you don't actually oh, oh, yeah. so, think so, there's so, a conspiracy. So, so, sorry, let me, let me go on that. I remember I was going now. Uh, I, so I, talk, I talked about second-rate businessmen. Second-rate, second-rate scientists. Right. Um, and... Um, Dick Lindzen is very good on this. He's, yeah. His view is that, that, that climate change, that climate science, insofar yeah. as it, there is such a thing as climate science, because yeah. obviously it's a mixture of, you know, ranging from geology to yeah. paleoclimatology to, to physics modeling. to computer modeling, whatever. Uh, but th- this field attracted a lot of people, a lot of second raters. That, that who have not got very good minds but went where the money is you know scientists like anybody else they need to feed their families i'm not saying that most of the scientists involved in the climate change in the climate industrial complex because i do i do i think it's a quite a useful term that i don't believe that most of them are motivated by bad faith yeah. i don't think they are lying especially i think they are going where the money is, follow the money. They've got to get go where the grant funding is. Right. And the whole field has been distorted. The example I use is, is grey squirrels. Suppose you want to research the feeding habits of grey squirrels and, you, and, and you're a, you know, you've studied biology at university, you yeah. want to be out, field research. Are you going to get funding for the, the feeding habits of grey squirrels? No one's going to give a toss. Yeah. But if you can write about how climate change has affected the green feeding habits of, of gray squirrels that suddenly there is grant money available so the whole science the whole area of science has been skewed dramatically towards towards this outcome which is that climate change is a serious issue which needs addressing and and every time the the, the question is does this need more funding well this is of course it does because that's always going to be their answer yeah. because hey that's where their bread and butter is right so i i guess you're 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 you don't see a um the secret man or you know these a a boardroom of of, ex- of well, people just all conspiring together it's then? interesting you say that um there is there is copious documentary evidence of the la jolla conference you know about yeah. the la jolla conference in southern california well tell me where, a bit about where it. naomi oreskes one of the people that you yeah. quote on your uh, uh, yeah. merchants of doubt yeah um where um oh the guy from oxford university is this miles allen miles allen who's who's become mr kind of co2 is a problem um mr carbon mitigation um and a host of people either either on the climate change gravy chain or on the left or both sat down and said how are we going to um advance our cause how are we going to to win the argument compellingly and they decided to start this this 
you see in this meeting the germs of the Exxon New campaign. Okay. The idea that big oil secretly knows and yeah. knew all along about just how dangerous climate change was. And they lied to us. They yeah. hid the evidence, but they knew. Yeah. Exxon knew. Well, they didn't bloody know. They had some researchers saying, well, you know, this might be an issue. Actually, Exxon did the responsible thing. Yeah. I mean, if climate change, man-made climate change is a serious problem, if fossil fuels really are sending yeah. the planet to hell in a handcart, then as an oil industry person, you better make damn sure that your scientific researchers are, are finding this out so that you can you can get out of the market or do yeah. or, or or take mitigation measures or whatever because yeah. your your business, your industry is toast. Exxon never knew that because there is the evidence doesn't exist to show that. Okay, let me go back on to I so I I, I think we will try and I'll try and speed through some of these. Yeah, other, yeah, yeah. If I can succeed, I know. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, we were talking about the media earlier on, and I was asking how much does the mainstream media give uh, right-wing perspectives a fair hearing, and I think no. you said no. Absolutely zipple. Okay, what do you think? Does Breitbart play any role oh, as a countermeasure? Yeah. Breitbart is. Um, uh, let me let me tell you right now. I could write whatever the fuck I wanted to. Yeah. About about the environmental climate change for Breitbart, there is yeah. there is not there is not a house line that's forced on me. It, right. But but obviously the reason they recruited me, I imagine, is that they were aware of my yeah. views. They knew about climate climate gate and uh -huh. my coverage of that. Um, but because they're a right wing site, yeah, and because of the way things are in journalism, because because Breitbart gets so much stick for being Breitbart. Yeah. They are acutely conscious, more acutely conscious than The Guardian is, yeah. I'd, I'd say, of the need to get their facts right. Okay. So so the kind of onus is on me not to write stuff that is is horseshit. Yeah. Um, and so I write stuff that I believe to be true about climate change yeah. based on my my reading on... Yeah. on, on so if if Patrick Moore goes to testify before Congress and 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 points out, for example, that there is no evidence of an imminent sixth sixth great extinction, yeah. that look here here are the facts about when the last species to you know yeah. the, 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 that mainly ninety five percent of the species extinctions in the last five years have been on islands. What has caused them? It's things like shipwrecks bringing along rats. It's yeah. like humans predating yeah. on them, whatever, that there is not this kind of climate change-induced problem. So I report on stuff like that. Yeah. Breitbart, to its enormous credit, is is getting the word out. Yeah, okay. So um, so you think that there is a role for... Yeah, and um, do you see... Um, because the journalism industry yeah. is is diff facing it has been it's been recognised for since the nineties that that like uh, newspapers are finding it harder and harder to to um, to keep they they used to be the go to place for no information one, no one no one believes the, the mainstream a dwindling handful of readers probably older readers um, a friend of mine was speaking to a a group of postgrads i think at oxford yeah. university and before he gave his talk i think this was in in one of the scientific fields i forget yeah. which and before he began his talk he asked them how many had bought a newspaper in the previous week do you yeah. know how many what did you tell me one okay so 
the younger generation aren't interested in in, in newspapers right. because they can get their stuff free yeah. elsewhere and people curate their own news now they decide yeah. they decide which authorities they trust okay and which which they don't which of course has led to a increased polarization which right. which which some people lament yeah. um i would say actually it's a it's a necessary rebalancing because i think the media in the the mainstream media in the last few years has generally swung towards the either the, the squishy left or the hard left okay um you know the telegraph for example sound on brexit unsound on stuff like identity politics and it, yeah. it's bought into a lot of the liberal left narrative certainly not very good on climate change except in the sunday telegraph when yeah. booker was writing for it but yeah so there are very few newspapers that are actually doing their job do you think that the um i the well actually i'll just go into the next question yeah. um have you have you seen the guardian's new editorial uh policy on the language to be used on reporting climate change yes what do you think? I absolutely love it. I, I think it is hilarious. I think it makes our case for us so well. And it makes my case particularly that this is about... It has increasingly become a propaganda war, not a war about scientific fact. The idea that they've changed... I can't remember the exact terms they use, but I, yeah. uh, you, maybe you've got it there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll fantastic. Just see, I'll just let's, see if I can find... Let us share no, okay. with the... I'll see what I can find. I, 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 I think they've changed climate change to yeah, climate global change. climate change, catastrophe, disaster, death, well, and all the baby polar bears are going to die. Let me see, let me see. Shuffle, shuffle, rattle, rattle. Yes, there uh, you can uh, go. Okay. So. White, yes, exactly. So um, um, here is an example. So... In, uh, so the Guardian has updated its style guide to introduce terms that more accurately describe the environmental crises facing the world. By the way, I'm because I'm left wing. I actually like the Guardian. Is I've, I I agree with a lot of I I like their their a lot of their coverage. Right. Um. I but the climate change is one of the issues. Do, do you feel a bit embarrassed about this as 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 a as a, as a, as a scientist? Yeah, well, I, it's it's another example of where what I'm finding is, and this is why I'm trying to write the the, the book, is that um, what should be a scientific issue is becoming a left-right issue. Mm -hmm. So I have problems about when I read something on a right-wing uh, article and say on Breitbart, and mm -hmm. you can see it's all framed in a, in a, to me, it's framed in more of a right-wing perspective. Sure. And then The Guardian, I look at everything and I see it's framed in a left-wing perspective. And so there's becoming a, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, to me, it's building into making this a, uh, a party political issue. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'll just say, yeah, so they, they're saying instead of uh, climate change, the preferred terms are, you have a choice, uh, climate emergency, climate crisis, or climate breakdown. And instead of global warming, you should refer to global heating, although the original terms are not banned. Right. Okay, so... I, global heating, that seems to be a poor choice. I, I, I don't see why heating is that much... Well, I suppose warm is, is less hot than Well, warm than can, could be pleasant, I guess. I suppose it could... Yeah, or benign, balmy, yeah. yes, whereas heat... 
Yeah. Maybe they should call it global burning, though. Yeah. Or global frying, that would be better, wouldn't it? Or global well, immolation. You could, maybe you can, you can write in a few should, suggestions to the Guardian. Do you know what, Roland? I should. I should actually yeah. say, look, look, guys, guys, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, okay, what do you think of this from a journalistic perspective? Because you're a journalist on looking on the other side. What no. do you think of that? And then maybe also from a financial perspective... Uh, well, as a journalist, I think uh, I, I think it's silly because um, I, I'm not sure that they should have done this in secret because it would have been noticed anyway, I suppose, after a time. But I think they really shouldn't have done it at all. I, th- I just think it's... The, look, The Guardian used to be the respected newspaper of the left, didn't it? It used to be the... The, the broadsheet version of, of the left-wing point of views, which one could right. respect, and it had this heritage from the Manchester Guardian. Yeah. I think it's long since to be a respectable newspaper and has become a, an unashamed activist uh, rag, really. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's just like a, a glorified left-wing website blog which happens to have a print, a print edition. So they would argue that, uh, that Breitbart... Is is the same ah, on the, the right, ah, but the difference is that Breitbart acknowledges its bias. It doesn't. Breitbart does not even pretend to be anything other than a right wing news. Okay. Website. The Guardian, I think, I think, still trades yeah. on its reputation as a kind of an authoritative and responsible voice of the left. So, if you were to go, if if say, um, well, I, maybe your your listeners would have a different, uh, you know, thing. But if you were to uh, John Stuart Mills, we were talking about earlier. His, yeah. If you want to hear the other, if you should try and seek out the other side, yeah. Um, what would you say for somebody that's on the right wing? How, yeah. Where would they seek it out? Do you think the Guardian is a place to go, or is it? Is well, yeah, because the Guardian is a fairly accurate representation of where the of where the the kind of loony climate establishment is. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. So. 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 Yeah. It it just tweaks the uh, the terminology a bit. Okay. Um, I do you think that there is more merit in is are you in a sense though straw manning. Uh, the opposing thing by taking someone that's on the almost exact opposite from you and rather than looking for someone maybe that's in the middle or someone who are these people in the middle I suppose you're you're one but you see the thing is Ronan that I I would quote your work very freely as, <laughs> as, as evidence from my side right that's the thing I don't the, the fact that you're on the left is not a problem to me I'm, I'm ultimately more interested in the quality of your science and your arguments okay okay that's what really matters to me so so if if somebody from the left yeah. comes up with something that is persuasive yeah. um yeah i'm going whoop de do okay okay right um I think I'd like to, yeah, so the final, uh, yeah, heading back to, so you were one of the first journalists to cover ClimateGate. Yes. Um, this this story, this was related to the uh, email email leak. Yeah, in uh, East University of East Anglia. And mm-hmm. so the, the CRU, the Climate Research Unit, is one of the main things. A lot of the people there were heavily involved in the uh, IPCC reports that we were done. I'm glad you said that, because... I was going to say it if you weren't that that, that it, it wasn't just a kind of random leak of emails from a scientific it, yeah. it, it it was the belly of the beast the the climatic research unit founded by Sir Hubert Lamb yeah. who's one of the the preeminent climate scientists um 
is one of the world's main gatekeepers of the temperature data sets which are used to justify well first the ipcc reports and then government policy yeah. and what you had in the climate jet gate emails was scientists the scientists who who write the reports on which government policy is based quietly admitting that they really aren't as sure about climate change as they 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 sometimes say in 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 public um there was evidence of dissenting voices being horribly bullied yeah um and ostracized from scientific publications yeah thereby enhancing their 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 false argument that that there is unanimity in in climate science and the people who disagree are are um a, a kind of flat earth earth loons eccentrics yeah. but of course if they're not getting published, how do we know who the, what the other side thinks? Oh, so, well, okay, on the technical point of view, our persp- looking at it, things, first of all, the, the term climate gate, uh, you seem to have been one of the people that actually got that term used as the, the main... Uh, where where did that term come from? Um, from a, um, a commenter called Bulldust. Okay. Uh, uh, when the story started breaking... Uh, on the in the blogosphere yeah i was obviously what you try and do is try and get as much information as you can as quickly as you can and there's a great there's a great wisdom of crowds a lot of crowdsourcing and a lot of sort of you're an independent scientist there's a yeah. lot there's an amazing amount of scientific expertise out there these yeah. people sitting at home who previously their opinions wouldn't have been available yeah but because thanks to the internet they lurk in the comments below and they come yeah. up with some quite erudite points or some witty points or, yeah. or, or some good names as in the case of Bulldust. I can't remember yeah. who's, maybe he was below Joe Nova, I think. Okay. But anyway, so oh, the, the term, uh, that seems to have been the one that stuck. I think you used it in your Yeah, reporting. Mark Stein tried calling it Warmergate, okay. which I think was wittier, but he was too late. Yeah. By then, it, the, the the name had stuck. I for me, what's interesting about Climate Gate, um, from the perspective of what what I'm researching this book is, it seems to be almost like the those ink blot tests that psychologists would use. Yeah. I'm finding that uh, anybody that's looked at Climate Gate, they yeah. seem to find different uh, different things in it. And that, again, it seems to be this confirmation bias thing that they could use it. It, it, it coincidentally, the things that people find always seem to be on whatever their perspective was originally. Yeah. Uh, and so in, the, in, in light of this, you've, you, I take, you're, you're, so from what you've described, you would be putting coming in that it shows uh, that it was a, a lack of scientific rigor but then we have here on the um there were several inquiries into climate gate um yeah but that yeah, arose but, from but they both they basically concluded nothing to see move along yeah. please and do you, and that's really surprising isn't it that the the scientific establishment which has um which has a vested interest in promoting itself as a source of unimpeachable authority, right. which is getting billions probably in, in grant funding that has much to lose if the scientists are exposed as charlatans. Isn't it really surprising that they, their, their argument, their defense was nothing to see here? Well, I do find I've 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 talked to quite a number of scientists. Um, I a lot of them off the record that yeah. are that did find uh, what they 
climate gate um it showed to to a lot of people it said wait this maybe this wasn't as um as solid as settled to use the term as we had thought it was that there seems to be a bit of politicization going on but i've also talked to other um scientists who take the opposite thing and they look and for them climate gate actually what all it revealed from their perspective was that there are scientists involved that are kind of um trying to over egg the pudding maybe and yeah. also trying to to uh to downplay uncertainties but that broadly there's nothing they they there's were no smoking gun yes and that it it broadly all it just said is it showed some people were not behaving as well as they could but that they actually yeah but that's but that you, you see that's fine if 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 that's um if that's the truth yeah then that's damning enough for me you see the you, you forget about the i, I do you know I, i'm quite sympathetic to that argument yeah i don't think that there was Michael Michael Mann and a few others emerges exceed, exceedingly dodgy characters. What you have to remember about climate gate was not is is not does it prove that that the whole of climate science is a busted flush, which it which it which it doesn't. Um, it came out at a time when, in the years after the Rio Earth Summit, there was yeah. a sort of escalating um, credulity. Yeah, about climate science among politicians, especially, yeah. but also among the general public, that basically these scientists were treated like like priests. They yeah. were that that like priests in ancient times. That they were they were treated reverently. Whatever they said was 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 taken on trust. What Climate Gate did. To was you. show yeah. that these no, I think not okay. just to me, yeah. everybody. Yeah. It showed for the first time, yeah. perhaps ever, that these people had feet of clay. Yeah, that's what it did. It doesn't really matter. Beyond that, I wouldn't make extravagant claims for it. Except I would say that you would be very, very silly if you imagine that the 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 the, the so called in, inquiries, the impartial inquiries, which exonerated these scientists. One of them was run by a guy called Ron Oxborough, Lord Oxborough, who's who's very much part of the climate industrial com, uh, complex, and he very much connected with the kind of the whole renewables renewables scam. Somebody described it as like putting Dracula in charge of the of the blood bank. Okay. You were never going to get get a, a, an objective opinion from right. him. These were whitewashes. They were they were the establishment whitewashing the establishment nothing more than that and okay. and I, I really you know, I'm not going to be very hard on you generally because I yeah. think I, I, I agree with, with a lot of what you say and, I, and I, I would also by the way like to stress that I, I kind of agree with your line about climate gate I mean you'd think that I having such great associations with it that I, yeah. I'd be keen to big it up as this yeah. tremendous scoop no it was just just the scientists being being exposed as being dodgier than their public image that's all that's all it did okay. but but no they were not exonerated by those inquiries only only a fool would think that okay i've i've only two more questions okay. then uh so these are yeah okay so there seems to be an intriguing paradox 
uh, on the side calling for uh, major urgent climate action. And so we, from that side, which mm. it seems to be mostly left-wing, um, uh, you can see it particularly with um, the, the the deep green movement as well and the Extinction Rebellion and, yeah. you know, all of this thing are saying. They say the, the message that you, we hear is the science uh, behind climate action, mm. urgent climate action, is clear and obvious and you don't need to be a scientist to see that. Mm. Um, but if you're not a scientist and you disagree, then we shouldn't listen to you because you're not a scientist. Yes. The, so what, they, they, They've so arranged the debate that, it's, that they can't lose. So and I suppose that I suppose that's good activism and good propaganda. Okay, it's it's, it's not very good economics because okay. because of, of the damage that's going to be done. It's not very good democracy, is it? Really? Yeah. It's it's, okay. it's, it, it, it's like a a, ha- a handful of hardcore leftists. That, that's what they are using using. I I call it environmental terrorism. I mean I I. I you know, I don't think terrorism is just about killing people. I think I think you can use a form of e- economic terrorism by yeah. by holding uh, by, by occupying a bridge, for example, in London, and forcing everyone who goes past it to sort of weave your way through jugglers and and yogurt weavers and and policemen performing skateboard tricks. Okay. Um, I don't think that shutting down London for for a week and causing tremendous economic damage yeah. is is a is a, a a just or fair contribution to the argument? Okay, well, so like I probably shouldn't have said the thing on the the the, the extension rebellion all of that because what I'm finding is that seems to be, um, not from people that I've been talking to when I'm in London. They're not re- this week. They're not really. There is some support for the idea, but a lot of the general public are were kind of saying that that seemed to be going a bit too far. Yeah. Um, but you, we still, even with the general, the you know most people's position when they believe it is that that the science is it's, it's clear. Um, well, the science is clear on what? Well, that that we need to be the, doing something. Well, because some something is better better than nothing. Right. We must do something. Here's something. Let's do it. That 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 seems to be where we are. Okay. Um, look, look, why does something need to be done? So sometimes not doing anything is better than doing something. What, yeah. Because because you've got the um, that a hundred uh, say a hundred notional pounds spent today yeah. addressing climate change is is considerably more expensive than a hundred a hundred pounds spent in fifty years right. when a hundred pounds is a much smaller fraction of the yeah. of the global e- economy yeah. we're always talking about future generations and how we're hurting future generations the future generations can look after themselves very, very well because they're going to be much, much, much wealthier than we are. So you're going with this uh, the discount rate uh, concept. That's just one. Well, I, I don't think that's that's the, my dominant argument. It's just one among many. Okay. Yes. Okay. The, the, my final thing here. This is uh, maybe you can help me or not. Um, there's a another similar paradox. This is um, I. 
Is it the paradox of diamonds? No, no. It's it's okay. So uh, apparently, the science is settled on climate right, change, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, also, apparently, it was already settled in the nineteenth century. Yeah. Um, and then the IPCC was set up in the late nineteen eighties. Mm. When it was been set up, um, apparently the science was settled, but the IPCC report was set up to check it nonetheless and with each successive report that we're finding it it's become more settled yeah and I, I i you know and yet strangely the ipcc hasn't been disbanded we still need we're being told that the future reports are needed to make the science even more settlers so my question you've you uh, studied uh, english la- language and yeah, literature yeah. in in oxford which is why by the way I think I'm actually better qualified to deal with this issue yeah. than than any scientist, right. because ultimately it's about language. Right. It's, it's it's about, and and in order to slay this beast, you have to be good at critical thinking about okay. all else. Okay. So so um, well, my my question: um, How exactly is the the verb to settle declined? <laughs> Like what? What? What would you use for if something is settled and then it becomes more settler? Well, do you know what? The, 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 um, I'm getting I'm getting bombarded with different thoughts now. I just I just before I forget, on the way here in the car, I said to you that one of the one of the most fascinating things about this whole debate is that as the evidence for man-made global warming theory has grown weaker or at least has has been has has failed to be confirmed the longer time has gone on um so the rhetoric used by the climate alarmists has got more dramatic and you used a you reminded me of a fascinating legal phrase. Can you just tell oh, me? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, this is a, a term you hear in legal circles. Uh, um, yeah, if, if in, a, in a legal case, if, if the facts are on your side, you should pound the facts. If the law is on your side, you should pound the law. If neither is on your side, you should pound the table. <laughs> there is so much table pounding going on right now um and of course yeah the the guardian couldn't have made my case better for me right with this escalation of of the language yeah it's like a question i often ask if if the case for man-made climate change were as rock solid as extinction rebellion would would tell us why have they yet why? Why are the climate alarmists not able to say, "Well, look, here is the, here is here are the facts. Here's the, here's our case," and everyone would believe it? It it, it seems to me that that they they can't make a case because they haven't really got a very good case. They haven't yet presented the compelling evidence that they insist they have, right. and that's a real problem. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, so. The, that that's that's my questions i just you know i just yeah, sure. just just to, to stress that like i'm trying to do this i am i know you've presented uh, i i 
things from the the right wing perspective and and the climate skeptics uh, perspective are you know they sometimes it's called the climate deniers because you deny to the existence of climate or something yeah yeah, uh, yeah. whatever um, I'm also interviewing people on both sides and so this is kind I of the great. idea yeah I it's great it's great you're doing this and and you're one of the very few people who can move with both camps and also you've got your you've got a, a certain degree of scientific integrity in that you're an independent scientist. Um, I've read some of the stuff you've, or some of the papers that you've, you've, you've co-written. Yeah. And they're very compelling. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you're doing this. So well done. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, well that, that's, that's me. Done.